0: Hi, and welcome to Full Circle Women's Health podcast, a podcast aimed at empowering women to better understand and manage their health. I'm Dominic Baum, a Women's Health GP, and I'm joined by my co-host, Dr. Preetam Ganu, gynecologist at Full Circle Obstetrics and Gynecology.
1: Welcome to Full Circle family. Full Circle Obstetrics and Gynecology is a specialised women's health practice in South Australia, providing holistic care to women and girls of all ages and backgrounds. Last week we talked about polycystic ovary syndrome, the causes and the diagnostic criteria and common symptoms. Today we are going to get into management goals of polycystic ovary syndrome.
0: So Preetan, I'm gonna start by asking you what many women have asked me when I've talked to them about polycystic ovarian syndrome in the past.
1: Is there a cure? (laughs) So this is a very uh, interesting question and I do come across this question quite often as well. So I quite often say that polycystic ovary syndrome is a genetic tendency with the hormonal imbalance. So if your hormones are in balance, you don't get any symptoms. But if they get imbalance, then you start getting symptoms. In simple words, there is no cure, but we sort of focus on the management um, over the lifetime.
0: And as we said last week, it does affect women in a range of different ways. So we're going to break that up today and discuss how each separate issue can be addressed and helped. And I'm going to start by talking about weight, which is, as we said, often a woman's number one priority. Absolutely. So we talked a little bit last week about insulin resistance being a big factor in polycystic ovarian syndrome. And it's one of the theories about why polycystic ovarian syndrome develops. So 85% of women with polycystic ovarian syndrome do demonstrate insulin resistance, which means if we're doing blood tests and things to measure those levels, they would show some actual evidence of insulin resistance and what that means is that your body isn't able to effectively use the insulin that you're producing to move blood glucose into your cells and that leads to your body producing higher levels of insulin and those higher levels of insulin can contribute to weight gain or difficulties losing weight and it can also lead to higher levels of blood sugar and that can predispose you to developing diabetes down the track. So we know that being overweight in itself can then cause more insulin resistance and it can become a real cycle of weight gain, worsening PCOS symptoms, which then worsens weight gain. So we really want to try to help women break that cycle. So managing weight and aiming for a healthy weight is a really important part of managing polycystic ovarian syndrome um, and reducing those future risks of things like diabetes. Um, And we know that you know, even five to ten percent of weight loss in a woman uh, who's overweight or or obese can make a huge difference, both to symptoms, but also to things like fertility, and can also help regulate a woman's cycle. And so, it can be really helpful to chat to a dietitian as um, one way of supporting yourself and learning about healthy eating and polycystic ovarian syndrome, because there is quite a lot of growing evidence that eating in a slightly different way and maybe grazing through the day on what we'd call low GI foods uh, rather than having large meals or high GI foods can help stabilise those insulin levels and so that can be a really helpful lifestyle change. Uh, But there's also a medication that we sometimes prescribe or often talk to women about which is called metformin Um, and that's actually a, a diabetes medication but it works to help open that gate in our cells so that our insulin can more effectively move blood glucose from the bloodstream into the cells. And it can really help when combined with healthy lifestyle and regular exercise,
1: uh, achieve you know weight loss and, and help regulate Absolutely. those cycles. So as you rightly said, this is like common um, sort of a question for all women, that how to lose weight. So mm-hmm. this is like a hot topic, I think, commonly researched and investigated. And as such, from the side of medicine as well, there is a more and more research going on. But quite often what I suggest that, any um, intervention we do for a healthy lifestyle or say weight loss or something, um, usually you don't see results immediately. Mm. I usually say it has got a compound effect. So suppose if you started following a new diet or new exercise regime, probably you won't see much difference in a week or two weeks or something. But it's like saving one penny every day and hoping that's multiplying every day. And by the end of three months, if you do it regularly, consistently, it is going to have compound effect. So that consistency is very important. Other important thing I quite often suggest that uh, quite some women get really stressed about their weight, that weight is above, weight is less, they are not able to do anything or getting a bit more frustrated. So quite often I suggest that um, like, yes, definitely we need to Look at medically, we look at like a BMS and things like that. But it's really important to have a healthy lifestyle. So as as much as we look at the diet and looking at the dietitian, we also want to have some exercise Mm -hmm. uh, in their lifestyle. Um, Medically, exercise I call it as a sort of a natural medicine because that will that is one of the similar to metformin it will in decrease the insulin resistance naturally. Mm. And that will sort of help with the symptoms as well. So diet, exercise, similarly stress management and sleep are also a very important part of the lifestyle changes for polycystic ovary syndrome.
0: That's such a good point. We really want to make sure that we're supporting women holistically yeah. and from lots of different angles, managing their health. Yeah, definitely. What about cycle control, Pre-TAM? Because yeah. that's a big Topic Big in thing. itself.
1: And uh, like quite often I get women referred to me because either they are having no periods or sometimes they are having very frequent periods. And when I say no periods, it's like sometimes they are not having periods every monthly, but suddenly when they get period for, say, after four months, they're bleeding for 10, 12 days. And that's quite heavy bleeding. And for their long term health it is really important the cycles are regular. Now, with the polycystic management, polycystic ovary syndrome management, as we've discussed before, it depends on what our management goals are. So if someone comes to me and say that their periods are really irregular, we sort of look at their, all the history in terms of their age and what their plans are for pregnancy and what's important for them. So if someone is not planning for pregnancy and then having irregular cycle, quite often first line First-line management, after ruling out that there is no other cause, is more of a hormonal management. Mm-hmm. So, which is like a contraceptive pills, and with the contraceptive pills, they have been in market for last fifty years, quite safe for most women, and there are like a hundred different types. So, we can find which which one suits one sort of thing. Typically, for polycystic ovary syndrome, we try to have a combination of the pills in a way that they have a little bit of a entry androgenic effect. So they will help with the male hormone side effects with the with that as well. So they will help them to regulate their cycles, but also help them with other symptoms like acne and things like that. So common contraceptive pills we look at like a Diane thirty five or Ester thirty five or um. Yes, which has got this anti effect. Mm. But having said that, every woman individually, we need to see what their symptoms are and what their goals are. And some women find that they can't take combined contraceptive pills. And then we need to look at some other options for them to manage the cycles. Or in some patients, uh, they don't want to be the contraceptive pills or don't want to be taking birth control pills every day. And then we sort of try to have them only progesterone tablet for one or two weeks in the month to get their cycle regular, mm. like Provera or N tablets. Um, similarly, there are other symptoms we look at as well. So would you like to talk a bit more about the, um, their mood? or?
0: Yeah, definitely. So just circling back to the contraception, I think that's a great point that it's, um, you know, there's a lot of options these days. Oral contraceptive pill is one, and it's one that we commonly do use. And um, but we take into account what is a woman's preference and there's some really other, you know, set and forget options which are fantastic, like the marina IUD Definitely. is a really good option. Um, and some women might not be bothered by the irregular periods. And so then we'll just chat to them about the medical need, if they're not taking any hormonal contraception, to have a natural bleed every three months. And that's when we'd use one of those progesterone pills like prevera that you mentioned. Hmm. Um But touching on um, mood, that's something we briefly touched on last episode that a lot of women do and notice higher rates of anxiety or depression when they're having to manage something like a chronic health condition, for example, polycystic ovarian syndrome. And we think that the hormonal changes are probably also contributing to that. Um, And so sometimes women feel like they can't talk about their mood easily in Mm. doctor's appointments. But it's a really important thing to bring up and it's something that we as doctors should also be checking in with our patients because there's a lot that we can do to help support a woman with, you know, low moods or anxiety. Um, Of course, starting from those lifestyle strategies and, you know, making sure you've got a nice sleep habit and sleep hygiene and looking after healthy eating and looking after, you know, regular exercise, all those things help. Staying socially connected is so important as well. Um, but we can also look to set up a mental health care plan, which can help a patient access psychology with 10 Medicare funded sessions um, each year. And with COVID funding, currently that's up to 20. So it's something that women should definitely consider going to talk to their general practitioner about.
1: Yeah, definitely. Now, that brings to me to the other symptom commonly women suffer with polycystic ovary syndrome. Is called as a hirsutism or Mm -hmm. abnormal hair growth, Um, like having upper lip hair or um, lots of hair on their skin sort of thing. Um, And as I mentioned before, with the contraceptive pills, uh, because some part of the contraceptive pills has got anti-androgenic action that can help with these symptoms as well. But our normal hair development cycle usually takes about three months. So Mm -hmm. if you started contraceptive pills, it's not going to show anything in the first two months. After three to six months, it may slow the growth. So quite often we need to look at some uh, other options like uh, depilatory creams or laser or some antiandrogenic medication specifically for hair growth or creams to help with those symptoms. And just on the contraceptive pills, point of view, sometimes some women are very hesitant and worried about the hormones, um, particularly what would be the long-term side effects and whether that will affect them. But quite often I think that and we need to look at the individual person and their needs. But if we look at, in general, risk and benefits, the risk with the polycystic hormonal imbalance in our body is much higher. So if we can, even for a short term, help help to balance it with the contraceptive pills, I think that is really helpful.
0: Yeah, I think so too. And also letting a patient know that the hormonal contraceptive pills or whatever we choose to help a woman access her choice of hormonal contraception, it's not changing forever, those underlying hormones. When you stop them, that natural cycle, whether it's regular or whether it's irregular, is going to resume. Because a lot of the time women tell me, I started the pill when I was 14 and no one told me that it was going to impact my fertility or my cycle now that I'm 25. And that's not true. That's a really common myth. Mm. But sometimes what is happening is that the pill is hiding or the contraception is, is masking your natural cycle. And when you stop it, it allows your natural cycle to reestablish itself. And that might be the first time you notice that you have irregular cycles. So guess,
1: yeah, that's that's very true. So some people have these symptoms after and they're a bit worried sort of thing. Other interesting thing I uh, I realized that you mentioned about the, um, like when you were talking about the healthcare plans and mm. things, that this is one of the chronic medical conditions and very common, like as we just described in last episode, that suff, uh, almost one in 10 women mm. suffer this with this condition. But if we look at the broader health picture wise, if we look at, the other common chronic conditions are like diabetes or hypertension, which are seen in a similar percentage of population. But I think there's much more awareness about those conditions compared true. to polycystic ovary syndrome. And sometimes I feel that the women's health issues uh, sometimes don't get that much uh, awareness. Or airspace. <laughs>
0: Luckily, we're hoping fix that. <laughs>
1: yeah, airspace, that's right. <laughs> Uh, all right. Now, the, uh, another big symptoms we talked about was the fertility. Mm. And I think
0: I might leave it to you to talk through some of those fertility treatment options because it's really your area of specialty.
1: Yeah, so definitely quite interested about uh, fertility sort of thing. But with the fertility, again, it depends on uh, women's age and how long they've been trying for pregnancy and what treatment options they have tried first. But there are many different ways we can help women with the fertility. So in some patients, even some lifestyle changes, so if, uh, for example, if their body mass index is high and if they try to lose like five to 10% of their body weight, their fertility increases almost by 50%. Wow, Yeah, 50%. So because of the ovulation starts happening naturally mm-hmm. and they can get pregnant quite easily. So the lifestyle changes is, is like always the first start. But if someone is trying for pregnancy for say, more than six months or after the age of 35 or before age of um, 35, they're taking long time, then we need to look at what we can help. And after doing all the investigations, so whether they have a problem with the ovulation, problem with the tubes, or a problem with the male factor, if we found that the polycystic ovary syndrome or the ovulation is the problem, then we look at the medication which will help to ovulate. They mm-hmm. call it as a ovulation induction medication. For a long time, we used to use a typical ovulation induction medication called as clomiphene citrate. But um, nowadays, the recommended ovulation induction medication for polycystic ovary syndrome particularly is electrosol and has got a very good result. It is called as a aromatase inhibitor mm. medication. So it's sort of a ch- little bit changes the signals which our pituitary gland is getting and so it st- starts increasing a little bit of a stimulating hormone and naturally increases chances of ovulation. But in some patients with these medications, they get get ovulation, but in some patients there is no success. So if we are trying, say, one modality for three to six months, and if there is no success in getting regular ovulation or pregnancy, then we look at the picture, whole picture again, and then look at whether we need to step up a little bit. So when we talk about stepping up, we sometimes have a injectable hormonal injections, mm-hmm. uh, which help with the ovulation. Called as a follicle, which is FSH hormone, commonly given for the ovulation induction, or in some patients we need to look at complete picture of IVF, mm-hmm. and that is helpful as well. Very rarely, in particularly in many years ago, we used to even consider laparoscopy and better for what we call as ovarian drilling. So, wow, so like
0: laparoscopy can... meaning a keyhole surgery,
1: keyhole surgery, yes. Um, to have a like a small cut at the belly button and have a camera to look inside and then decreasing number of cysts on the ovary which is called as ovarian drilling. Sounds very scary but (laughs) it is not that scary operation uh, to increase the chances of pregnancy. But with the development of IVF nowadays we don't need to do it that often.
0: That's really interesting. (laughs) I didn't know that about ovarian drilling. (laughs) I guess it's good to know that there are so many fantastic options now and that those fertility treatments have come such a long way. Long um, and some women will need none of these and will fall pregnant naturally. So this is not at all to say that all women with polycystic ovarian syndrome will need help with fertility. Uh, but it's just good to know that you know there are options for those who do.
1: Yeah, so quite often, like even with the metformin, it's also helpful to get them pregnant. Mm. Um, and like pregnancy, as you said, can happen naturally or with the minimal intervention as well. But quite often during pregnancy, they are a bit at a higher risk of gestational diabetes. So in some patients they need to continue with the metformin or in some patients they may need to start insulin or in some patients they just need to monitor regularly and have a modified diet and things like that. Um,
0: I do think that really um, leads quite nicely into the follow-up that we want to keep an eye on for women with polycystic ovarian syndrome. Because as you mentioned, Um, Should a woman fall pregnant, she does have a slightly higher risk of uh, gestational diabetes, Um, and polycystic ovarian syndrome does also increase a woman's risk of developing diabetes overall in her lifetime. So we would generally recommend that a woman have a blood sugar check with her doctor every one to three years, Um, and that's a good chance also to be reviewing things like weight and and what your goals are for that time of your life. Mm. Um, whether that's managing your your irregular periods or whether it's talking about fertility. And one thing that can be a really helpful tool for women to access through their GP is something called a GP management plan and a team care arrangement. And that basically makes sure that the doctors and that you as the woman are all on the same page as to what your goals are and what the medical goals are. And it also allows you to link in with allied health with up to five Medicare-rebatable sessions each year. So it's a really fantastic tool if a woman is wanting to, say, see a dietitian or a physiotherapist or a diabetic nurse educator. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we mentioned earlier a mental health care plan is available, of course, and that's a separate plan. So you, a woman could have both a mental health care plan for psychology support as well as a GP management plan for that other allied health support.
1: Yeah, um, Definitely. And I, I think um, there is some fantastic resources available. So uh, Gene Health Foundation has got really good information. They also developed an app called as Ask PCOS. Mm. So they have an app to look at if there are any symptoms you have. And sometimes you can have a bit of a symptom score to look at if you have any of those symptoms. But as you mentioned that if you even if you have no problems uh but you have been diagnosed with the polycystic ovary syndrome before it is really good to have a regular checkup in one to three years with the gp and we are really lucky in uh, australia with the really good healthcare system and fantastic gps yeah
0: <laughs> well i think that's probably a wrap for our polycystic ovarian syndrome <laughs> discussion what do you think preterm
1: yeah i think we have highlighted um, big sort of points there is a lot to discuss but probably it would be like at least give some awareness and uh, women can see their doctor specialist to discuss it a bit more Beautiful.
0: so if you did enjoy today's episode please rate and review and subscribe and if you have any questions message us on our instagram full circle podcast or email us at reception at full and we look forward to chatting you again about more women's health issues in future episodes.